Hey, welcome to the GMB show. I'm Andy here with Ryan. And today we're going to be talking about something people always ask us. It's, it's how much, how much should I be doing? Uh, how many sets, how many reps, how long should I hold this? Uh, how many days should I work out? But I think that the bigger issue that it comes down to is, am I doing enough? Is what I'm, is my effort enough? Do I have enough time? Cause people ask us that, like, I don't, I only have 30 minutes. Is that enough? Well, you know, it's what you've got. And so we're, we're going to talk about like enough. We're going to, at the end of this, we're going to get to some specific recommendations about sort of, you know, maybe a little bit more answering the actual question of how many reps and sets you need uh, in a kind of general way. But also we want to address before that in a general way, like the obsession with measuring up, because I think that a lot of people, when you're asking, am I doing enough? What you're really asking is I see and not not you, I mean, me too, all of us, I see other people doing all these things. And I want to make sure that my efforts are adequate. I want to make sure that I'm doing enough, that I'm doing as much as I need to, to, you know, not just get results, but to be a good person to, to be, you know, to be adequate. So I think that we've all struggled with this. And it's, not to get too too pop psych with this or anything, but I know Ryan, you've also been through the ringer with uh, you know, you were a competitive gymnast, you're a competitive in judo, you've had to compare yourself to other people for a lot of your athletic career, and now you don't do very much of that. And so I'd really like to hear more of your experience. First, just from this very general perspective of measuring up and being enough and how much is enough to you. Well, first off, I want to say thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I think this is going to be one of our more important shows simply because of the topic that we're addressing. And I do know that a lot of people uh, struggle with this. And as a matter of fact, you know, when I'm traveling in the United States, this is a question that I hear a lot. And that is basically how much should I be doing? And so to, to bring it back to me, because it's always about me. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's horrible. Um no, but this is, I think, maybe a good example because I have really gone through so many different cycles in my life. So to start off, you know, when I was back in gymnastics, I was, I was aiming towards a junior national team at the time. And so obviously at that point in my life, uh, it was about doing as much as I could in order to make sure that I qualified for the team. I mean, that was it. And at that age, and mind you, at that time, we're looking at high school. Well, actually, I was the end of junior high, depending on where you are in the world. It would be, I guess, in between primary and secondary school. But at that time, you do have more time. Your body's able to do more. You can eat anything you want. And really, the people around you, especially your coach, and I had a great coach, by the way, are pushing you to a limit that would not be good for other people later in their life. So I just have to preface that because... It really, what this does is uh, if you are an athlete, it also depends on where in your life you are. So looking at that particular time in my life, yes, I was comparing myself to other people simply because I was competing against other people. I needed to be better. Um, there were certain things that I, I probably should have worked harder at, but in hindsight. But the thing is, again, I was at a particular point in my life where that's all I needed to focus on. Now, Skip forward, I uh, go to Japan, I'm doing judo, competing in judo, but the thing is, is at that point in my life, I wasn't going to become a world champion judo 
athlete, I wasn't going to end up competing in the Olympics because it was literally impossible for me. Uh, I was in Japan and I wasn't representing the United States. I was competing with the Japanese police. So when I was comparing myself, actually, it wasn't so much that I was comparing myself to my peers. I was actually just trying to stay afloat and not get killed. And so this is another way of looking at things where if there's people, let's say, on Facebook and you see what they're doing and you see, oh, this guy is kind of at my level. That's kind of where I should be. Then there's a whole other level where if you're working with particular people who are at such a high level, it's simply a matter of survival. And so this is another way that we can look at this. And if we're looking, you know, fearful of not doing enough, you also, I think, need to take a look at really realistically where you are. And we're going to be talking about this a little bit later and how to really tell where you are by assessing your situation. But in my case, I was simply just trying to hold on and make sure that I didn't break myself every single day. So I competed a lot. And what happened was I actually ended up pushing myself too much and it caused an injury. That's when I blew my shoulder out and it pretty much ended my judo career. Now, I still had this competitive nature. That's all I've ever known. So from age five, you know, all the way up throughout high school, competitive gymnast, ended up competing in judo. I was also competing um, to find my place in Japan. So it's not just the, the athletics, but also on the mental side of it, I was really searching to find myself as a foreigner in Japan. So this isn't just a matter of thinking about doing so much uh, athletics-wise, but that's just another example uh, that I could throw out there. Now, so yeah, and just uh, just to interrupt you there, like just so people get a, a concept of what you mean by competing to to make it in Japan as a foreigner. Uh, one thing a lot of people don't know about Ryan and about, well, about learning Japanese is Ryan has also studied himself to the point where he has attested proficiency in Japanese that is actually higher than most native Japanese people. Yeah. So I actually, I went to, I went to university in Japan, in the United States, I guess you'd say college. I was, I was over there and I actually had to test out at the highest level in order to attend classes. Uh, I kept studying afterwards because I was an interpreter at a martial arts complex for eight years where I actually also did interpreting and translation work. So reading, writing, as well as speaking, and um, I can understand multiple dialects. So everything in my life really has just been about me busting my ass to the point where I stress myself out so much and everyone around me pretty much I, I stress them out too because I'm... I just have to be the best. And Andy knows what I'm talking about, you know. And so this is kind of where we're going. And the reason that I'm I'm talking about this right now, and this is the stuff that you, a lot of, I don't think I've ever shared this with anybody, but I think it's important because it'll hopefully show everybody where, where I think we should be going. And I'm not saying that where I am right now is where everyone should be, but this, I think this is maybe a good example. So I'm in Japan and I'm doing this and you know, I end up getting injured, blow my shoulder out, have reconstructive surgery. And after that, I'm still involved with fitness organization. I bust my ass. I end up, how should we describe this, Andy? 
I became, you were in charge of, I was in the, charge the, of the programming department. and education yeah. for this particular organization. And so me, I tend not to half-ass things. So get to that point, and then it was time. We, I stepped away, and we started GMB. Now, when we did GMB, pretty much, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that it went this way. So every single program that you see in GMB, as far as rings, parallettes, floor, some of the other ones, were created within three months. And, and what I mean by that is, I would train that program, the duration of the program, then I would shoot it. So so what? Uh, Rings 1, it's a three-month program. You look at it like three months. So I would do all that training that's in the program for three months, and then I would shoot it. So what you're looking at in Rings 1, 2, you know, Parallettes 1 and all the other jazz, is actually me training after three months and pushing myself to the point where setting these deadlines that were so tough that it was either do or die. So looking at that in one way, basically, I wasn't fearful of not doing enough. I was fearful of, of not proving myself and showing that I could do this stuff. Yeah, and I think that's really important because I think a lot of us have experience where we we get into wanting to better ourselves and you know improve our bodies and improve our health and all this stuff and so we know that we need to move we need to exercise we need to get better at this stuff and we start this with this intention but when we immerse ourselves in it and begin doing it then we we're we end up comparing a lot more you know are we doing enough to catch up with other people right right and we instead of are we doing enough to get the result are we doing enough to earn other people's respect? Are we, are we doing enough compared to our other friend that goes to the gym, compared to the other people that post their workouts on Facebook? Am I doing enough that people are going to respect me for what I'm doing? And I think that that's where it gets really dangerous because we start to equate what we're doing with self-worth. Yeah. Again, going back to the things like how many sets should I be doing? Well, that is you know, on the surface – it's a question about effectiveness. But we, if we're not careful, then we can take that to a measurement about how much we should be doing. If someone else is doing five sets and we're only doing four, well, maybe we're not doing enough. Well, no, if four sets is the right amount for the result that you need in the time that you have and for where you're at in your training career, then four sets is right for you. And so this comparison, I think, is where things get really difficult. Yeah. And you know, we also have... You know, going back to you, Ryan, I think you know, we've had things before, like we've posted uh, before, and we can link to it on the show notes for this episode of a daily routine that you yeah. had a yeah. few years ago. Yeah, quite a while. And this was your daily routine, I believe, when you were training to do rings two, when you were training to shoot that. Yeah, and it was like ungodly, like ridiculous. Yeah. It was a lot of training. Yeah. And so the thing is, is, okay, that's cool, Ryan. Yes, you understand Ryan is a professional. He's doing his thing. He's training a lot because it's his job. But then also it's still easy to compare yourself because when you start learning from people and you start following a bunch of people on Facebook and you follow maybe 20 YouTube channels and you see the things they're doing and you see their progress and you see how much they train, it's even if you know they're professionals, it's easy to forget that they – not only is it their job to do this, but they don't have 
other jobs that they're doing at the same time. Exactly. Yeah, it's really easy as a professional for someone who makes a living going around and teaching seminars and doing videos to say, you know, our society is so messed up. We have people sitting down all the time. You should be moving all the time. You can't counteract. You can't counteract 10 hours of sitting with 30 minutes of moving. It's not enough. You know what? If 30 minutes is all you have, it is enough. It is the closest thing to enough you are ever going to get short of quitting your job and all these other things. It's easy to say this, but don't compare yourself to that because your life is something that you're the only person that can measure, right? And so, yes, it's great if you can reorganize parts of your life to have more movement. It's great if you can start using a standing desk sometimes, if you can take a 10-minute break every 90 minutes and walk around. Dude, that is awesome. Do it, please. But don't compare yourself to what someone says who doesn't have your life. Right. That's, that's the key point there. And so to kind of come back to what I was saying is when I was filming all this stuff, when I was done, I was actually able to step back, right, just a bit, <laughs> and actually look at what, what I really needed. And so up until that point, it was just a, a matter of doing my job and making sure that I could get the programs finished and do them in a way that's going to be helpful for other people out there so that they can do the work. Now, now, that's not how I train. And so a good example would just be today. Or no, let's talk about tomorrow. So I'm traveling, and even though yesterday I was wanting to work out and do a bunch of stuff, I was dead tired. So what did I do? I ate Mexican for lunch, went home, took a nap, talked to you. Came back, you know, finished up, ate a little bit more, and I yep. went to bed. And so, you know, today, another example is a lot of meetings and things like that, but looking at the time, a lot of people talk, you know, just like what you said, I don't have time to do this. Ryan, how can you fit everything in all day long? First off, it's my job, just like Andy, you said. This is my job. If I don't do my job, Andy doesn't pay me, we're screwed. So, you know... <laughs> But that's one thing. But another thing here, too, is how does it fit your lifestyle? Are you training to fit your lifestyle or are you trying to change your lifestyle to fit your training? And I don't think that we should be changing up our lifestyle to, to fit our training. I think it should be the other way around. Look at your life. What kind of time do you have and what can you do for your goals? If you've only got 15 minutes that's not only 15 minutes. That's 15 minutes you have to do something. And yeah. you just need to figure out and be creative with it. Yeah, program might say, oh, you've got to do X amount of time to do something. But here's the thing. You don't. You don't have to do shit. And a lot of people I don't think really realize that. You have a choice. And you do what you can, what you mm-hmm. can do. That's it. So, I mean, what it comes down to really is... What do you what are you really after? And you might need to make some changes in order to get to that goal. But if you try and make these major changes and compare yourself to people like well, for example, like me, you know, I've been doing this stuff my entire life. If you haven't done any of this kind of stuff before, it's gonna take you a while to get to the point where you're gonna be able to do it. But you know what? We have our whole life to do that. Don't compare yourself to other people. Assess the situation. This is why we have our three A AAA framework that we have: assess, address, and apply. 
And this goes for everything that we do in life. Assess where you are. Assess the time that you have to do something. Be realistic about it. Then you address the problem. What's going on? What do I need to do in order to get me towards my goal? Then it's simply a matter of plugging that in and doing the work. And that happens in the application part portion of it. So, you know, we're fearful about not doing enough. But really, for you, how much is good enough? And that's what we're after. Yeah. So let's go back to this 15 minutes you mentioned. Um, you know, you say only 15 minutes and you said, well, no, that's not that's not the right way to look at it. And I agree. I think that 15 minutes, that's 15 minutes. That is an opportunity if you look at yes. it the right way, right? Yes. And so here's the thing. Is 15 minutes enough to completely change your physical health? Probably not. But Dep- here's depends, the thing. Though. But go ahead. Go well, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But here's the important part. If you have assessed what is really most important for you to practice, if you look at what is the number one limiting factor, the number one thing that is causing you to have problems or the number one thing preventing you from from being in the health or have the the freedom in your body that you want, if you spend 15 minutes a day on only that thing, you can make amazing progress so much faster than you think. Is it enough? Maybe not, but it's what you have. It is an opportunity, and if you use the hell out of it, it is so much better than saying you don't have enough time or even wondering if it's enough. Don't wonder if it's enough. Use it. Take that opportunity and focus it on the most important one or two things that you can be doing. Could you be doing – could you get better results with three exercises, four, five? Maybe, but if you pick one or two things and do those – in five minutes even, if you only have five minutes, if you take that opportunity of those five minutes and spend it on the one most important thing you can do every single day, you know what? You're going to be getting better, man. It might not be enough if you're looking at quantities, but if it's what you have, do you spend it well enough? That's the real question. Mm-hmm. Is, are you doing enough is the wrong question. Are you using what you have well enough, yeah. right? That's what you should really be looking at. So – you know, in terms of time, yeah, that's what I really think. You know, if, if you've got 15 minutes, if you've got five minutes, if you've got 30 minutes, whatever, if you've only got three days a week or whatever, is that enough time? Yes, it is enough time for you to, it is enough time to invest in yourself. It is enough time for you to sit down and think, what is the best possible way I could use this time? And that's right? what I was referring to when I was talking about being realistic. Yeah. Being realistic doesn't mean that you're giving up your, your dreams or anything like that. It's simply looking at where you are right now and what you can do. And just like what you said, Andy, is saying this is an opportunity for me to look at the single, the single thing that's going to help me the most in order to get me where I want to go and then spending that time there. Now, here's the thing, too. If you have extra time on another day, great. Do more. Do a little more. Do a little more. Yep. But if you only have a little bit of time here and there, then focus on the big thing that's going to give you the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah. And so in this case, you know, enough is not an objective quantity. Enough is just trying to use what you have in the best way you can, you know. And here's the great thing. Even if you're starting with five minutes, is it enough to get you some momentum so that you can start making changes where maybe you can get seven minutes? Nice. That's a, you know, that's a good point. Yeah, that's very it's good. like, you know, once the ball starts rolling, like you said, Ryan, you can't 
you can't just completely change your lifestyle so that you can have more training. Or right. some people can, but most people can't. Mm. But what you can do is you can start using the time you have and then building mo- momentum and gradually start changing things so that you can get a little more time and a little more time and a little more time. And then over a few weeks or a few months, maybe you can shift things around after you gain some momentum and gradually shift your priorities from other things to stuff that is more helpful to you, Absolutely. you know? And you know something, I, I'm not into hacking, you know, let's hack everything and whatnot, but, but something I do like, and, and I do this, is that I stretch before bed. And the reason I do that, there's two reasons, actually. The major reason, though, is that my daughter wants to stretch, and so we stretch together. And so, you know... <laughs> It's pretty nice that after my workouts, I actually hold off stretching a little bit (laughs) and I keep it for that evening. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, that allows me to do something with my daughter and my son usually literally jumps in on top of me when I'm stretching, which is fun. (laughs) So he has a good time too. But, you know, that's another way of looking at it and saying, I might only have five minutes here, but, you know, adding something somewhere else. Mm-hmm. isn't a bad thing and so a lot of people here's another thing is that a lot of people think that the workout should all be done at once um not necessarily you know if you have to sprinkle it here and there yeah. that's just fine and if you have the luxury to have a dedicated session where you can put things in the right order in the optimal kind of designed yeah. program yeah. that the person who designed the program was thinking of that is great if you can do that because there's reasons for designing a program a certain way uh-huh. but yeah if you have to break it up and do a bit here a bit there and squeeze things in when you can i mean that's still better than not doing it absolutely it's going to come back to your goals and looking at your lifestyle and and really don't beat yourself up for not being able to do something. Yeah. Again, if if it's like those people who say, well, if you want it bad, you know, you're going to make it happen. Okay, yeah, sure. But I mean, there are some outside influences that are kind of difficult to control sometimes. Um, you know, your environment, that's a big thing. If you have children, um, who knows, you know, you might be working out of home and you wake up early because you're going to get your workout in, but Hey, your kid might wake up and come in and you know, whatever, you know, but the thing is, is if it doesn't happen, then don't beat yourself up again. Look at what you're after. What is, what is the end goal? And you know, that is something really now that it was very tough for me to do. And that is to let go of that ego and, and let go of me trying to compare myself to other people. And, and, you know, funny story, I still get messages from people. <laughs> they'll send me a video and they say, Hey, can you do this? And typically my reply recently is Nope. And that's it. I just say, Nope. And <laughs> it's not like, well, I used to be able to do it or, you know, something else. It's just like, Nope. And, a lot of people will reply back and they're like, well, I'm kind of surprised that you don't you want to do it. I'm like, well, actually, no, that's not something that I'm interested in doing right now. So I think another thing, too, is really sticking to what you want to do. Yes. You know, and, 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 and being comfortable in your skin doing that. And me traveling a lot recently, I think a lot of people are surprised when they're like, hey, man, try this or do this. And a good example was last weekend I went into this gym. 
and there was a guy there and there was a um I don't even really know exactly what this machine is, but he was like, man, I want to get you on this machine and take you through a workout. And, and I was like, sorry, man, I'm not really interested. And he was kind of surprised and I wasn't being a dick about it or anything. I was just kind of like, you know, that's not my thing and I really appreciate it, but you know, I'm not going to do it. And so it actually spurred a different conversation as to, you know, what I am into and mm -hmm. We talked a little bit about that. So, you know, that's, that comes back to really knowing what you want and being comfortable in your own skin and kind of getting rid of that ego. I'm not saying that I, you know, I still have a little bit of an ego, of course, but, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I am comfortable. I'm very comfortable where I am right now and very comfortable knowing what not only I can do, but what, mm -hmm. I'm, what I'm capable of doing, but more importantly, what I want to do and, and, and sticking with that. That's really great. So with that said, let, let's also talk some specifics because, you know, I don't want this to seem like we're just giving people vague right, feel good right. stuff. You know, uh, it's not, it's not that we want to say whatever you do is okay. Cause <laughs> that's not, that's not it either. You know, right. you, you've got to, you've got to make the most of it. But at the same time, there, there are specific outcomes that people want you know, yeah. and they're doing exercises and how do they know that they're getting enough? You know, we get questions sometimes like, uh, you know, I did this workout and well, there's, there's two variations is like, one is like, I tried this and I wasn't sore immediately. Did it work? You know? And you know, the thing is the sore muscles, uh, that's a metabolic process. Yeah. It has nothing to do with how good of a workout right. it was. It doesn't make it a bad question. If it's a question you need to know the answer to, feel free to ask. Yeah. But the other one is I did this workout and I rested and today is supposed to be the day for my next workout, but I'm still sore. Is it safe to work out? And the answer there too is also, yes, it is because soreness, it really is not a, a measure of your preparedness to train. So some people want to ask, you know, am I doing enough or am I doing too much based on how sore they feel or how tired they feel. Uh, always remember that the goal of your workout is not to make you tired and it's not to make you sore. The goal of your workout is to stimulate uh, your muscles and your joints and your nervous system in ways that help it get better and stronger, right? And so for those reasons, you know, the soreness is not going to be a good indicator of that. Um, now, so that's that's the first thing to address. The other one is, so Ryan, how many days, given given ultimate freedom, mm -hmm. how many days a week should someone train? Well, that's a loaded question, of course. Right. Yeah. Right. And I knew. Well, and I know why you're asking. So here's the answer. Because here's the thing: know, people, yeah. when, when we say, "Well, what do you want to achieve?" People say that they want. They want to make the best changes they can. Yeah. Usually when people ask these questions, they're asking for, you know, given the desire for optimal results, whatever, however you define that, sure, right? Sure. Um, right. But to make the bet, to do the best good, to make the best positive progress, how many days a week should I be training? Well, here's the answer which might surprise people. And that is as few workouts as possible. And, and so for example, um, working out, and I, and I don't even like that phrase, 
the thing is, a lot of people, let's, let's step back and clarify what a workout typically in a person's mind is, is, is hardcore sweating, pushing themselves so they're sore and they feel like they've really got their pump on during that day, okay? So that's the typical kind of thing. If you're listening to this, hopefully you understand that that's not necessarily what we're after. Andy, of course, just explained that it's, it's you know, beyond the soreness. Now, every single day, I think that doing something is okay. Thing is, you need to be the judge of the intensity of that by using auto-regulation. Um, we've talked about this so many different times. Going to talk about it again. What is auto-regulation? Simply means that you know exactly where you stand that day. You step on the mat. I always say step on the mat. You, you go to your workout. You do your warm-up. If you're feeling really, really good, you know, after you do that warm-up, things are clicking. Hit it hard. You know, the next time that you do your workout, if things just aren't really there after you've done your warm-up, then you might want to scale back slightly. But okay. if we're looking at skill work, skill work is different. Skill work, you can always be working on skill work. So let's say that um, you're doing the handstand. You can work your handstand every day. Now, people would take that one sentence that I just said and think that what I'm saying is that you should be upside down every single day and do as much as possible in your, in your handstands being upside down. But skill work isn't just simply about in the case of the handstand, trying to do a full handstand. It has to do with flexibility portion, making sure that your wrists uh, have the strength, flexibility, um, as well as control when you're doing uh, exercises with that, making sure that your shoulders are healthy, and also working on your line work. So in that aspect, yeah, every single day, optimal, optimal workout uh, in the case of handstand, if the handstand is your goal, would be to do as many handstands as possible with good form and comes down to ease and quality of movement. So Yeah, so then how much should I be doing handstands? And you just said it, as much as you can with good form. Exactly. Because when you get to the point, specifically with skills, but also with strength uh, movements too, um, when you get to the point that you're doing more but having to sacrifice technique for it, then what you're doing is you're actually training bad movement and also putting yourself in danger. And we've talked about this in uh, other show where we talked about good form. Yeah. But if you're looking for a definitive uh, quantity of how much, that depends on you and how much you can do. How much is optimal is the most you can do with good form. Yeah. And so to go a little, let's go a little deeper into this, Andy, because uh, this is tough. If we look at skill work, and again, here in GMB, we always suggest you do your warm-up, and then the first thing you do is your skill work. You want to be fresh for your skill work, and you finish off uh, with your conditioning, of course, after that stretch. But your conditioning is where you hit it hard. Now, looking at that skill work, because we are working on skills, we want to make sure that each attempt that we perform yes. is at a very high quality. And so the ease of the movement as well as the quality of the movement is, is important, important here when we're talking about this. So, um, now, how much are you going to be able to do? Well, I think that 
I think that a very good way of looking at this is looking at the, at the amount of time that you have for that particular day. And so let's say that for the total amount, and I'm going to use this just as a, as a general thing, let's say an hour, okay? And it might be too much for some other people, but just go with me here, okay? So let's say we use like five minutes for a warm-up, which not really that much, but let's say we just do five-minute warm-up, and we get right into our handstand. We want to use the bulk of our workout for our skill work. And so let's say we choose 30 minutes, and within those 30 minutes, we try and do as many high, high quality handstand attempts and do as many as we can. So that means that we're taking a nice rest between our attempts. That yep. means that we're probably stretching out our wrists and our shoulders between these attempts. We are, you know, stepping away, taking a breather, making sure we're ready, and not just like the Energizer Bunny, just jumping right back into the handstands. So during that 30 minutes, you might only actually get in, and this is this is a pretty high number, actually, 20 attempts. Now, it might not seem that much, but if you think about one almost every minute, that's pretty good. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. And so, you know, do that a high quality, uh, high, or, uh, quality movement, and then you work on your conditioning. Now, remember, conditioning in GMB is simply focusing on doing the strength work needed in order to help that particular skill that you're working on. And so in this case, the conditioning, um, we could look at, uh, we, we always take the level of intensity down. So, so let's say that we're able to perform a freestanding handstand, but for our conditioning, conditioning work, we use the wall. And what that does is it takes the level of the movement down and allows us to perform it at a higher uh, volume and load so that we're strengthening everything that we need uh, to strengthen in order to make the skill better for the next time we do it. And so we might only do conditioning, you know, maybe 10 minutes. And it might not sound like a lot, but think about hitting it as hard as you can at that lower level and getting done. And so you don't have to spend a lot of time on there, but here's the thing. When you're doing conditioning as well, if your form breaks down to the point where it is so crappy that it could lead to injury, then you've done something wrong. The form of the quality form of your condition as well should be at a high level, and that's why we take progressions down. Now, I always like to use this example of a guy saying, "Hey, you know, I'm working on doing 100 push-ups, and I just got it the other day. I got 100 push-ups, and I say, okay, how many of those push-ups did you do perfectly?" He's like, well, after about 15, my form starts to break down. Well, congratulations. You're working on doing 75 shitty push-ups. And you're working on focusing on bad quality stuff. So even during your conditioning and everything that you're doing, the quality of movement should be extremely high. So, you know, thinking it that way, we did a five-minute workout. We did 30-minute skill work, which is 35 minutes. And then we had 10 minutes of conditioning. That's 45 minutes. We add in about five minutes of stretching. We're at 50 minutes, still under an hour for a pretty intense workout. So, um, again, you can, you can adjust this depending upon how much time you have. Let's say you only have 30 minutes, okay? Make the bulk of your workout the skill work. Do like five minutes of conditioning and then stretch before bed. You're good to go. So it all comes back. And, and Andy, this is what, you know, 
you were talking about earlier, it all comes back to quality of movement. That is it. And yeah. as long as you can focus on that, you will be improving no matter what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you made an interesting point when you said that, you know, you should do as few workouts as you can uh, if, if you're doing, you know, basically the same kind of thing. Now, we also have programs where we have workouts scheduled for six days a week. Absolutely. Right? right. But here's the thing with those two is we've planned these out where – uh, the intensity is varying on yes. those days yes. and you're doing different movements on different days. Right. So it's not the same thing every day, right? Now, we also have programs where we have scheduled for three days a week. Huh. Well, which is better? Well, that, it's, that's not really the question, right? <laughs> so in our programs that have practice every day, these are mostly movement-centered programs, right? These programs are teaching you how to uh, build strength, build mobility, build control, um, uh, but it's specifically, uh, in dynamic ways and you can move every day and these sessions tend to be a little shorter. They're almost all shorter than an hour. Yeah. And so you move for that amount of time and you get a lot of movement in over the week and that's great. And that's the goal, right? You're learning during that time. But then some people say, well, what if I only have three days? Yeah. Well, that's great. Do it those three days, right. you know, and you'll still be, it's still, like I said earlier, it's a chance. And if you are doing the best you can those three days a week, you'll still be making progress. Right. Now we have other programs where it's scheduled for three days a week and we pretty much try to insist that you, you take the other days and really rest if possible. I mean, you can do other activities and stuff, but don't, don't go and do another workout program on those days. And that's because like for rings and parallettes, these very uh, more intense strength focused programs, you know, you're really working hard. And most of these workouts take an hour or maybe even a little more if you do all the sets that we recommend. Right. right. right? Yeah. And so with that much intensity, you are going to need more rest in between because the next workout is going to be a little different, but it's also going to be working a lot of similar muscle groups. Right. And so, you know, is three days enough? Yes, if your training is organized to make the most of three days. Mm -hmm. If wow. you're training something where you're practicing movement skills and you're trying to get your body used to moving more in general, well, then doing it a little every doing a little less every day is more ideal. But again, whichever one of those you have time for uh, is going to be the best use of the opportunities that you do have. Let me throw this out at you. So let's look at the general population out there, okay? Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks they're an athlete, but hey, listen, we're not, okay? Let's just be honest, all right? My thought here is that the conditioning component of a workout, the strength work and even um, stamina work and things like that, that will help you with your skill work, if you only hit it twice a week, let's mm -hmm. say you do it Monday and you spend 30 minutes and you hit this conditioning hard and then on Thursday, you do the same conditioning, okay? And I'm talking full body here, right? So like integral strength type conditioning, hit it really hard. But the rest of the stuff that you do is geared towards just moving a little bit, maybe working on... Uh, some sort of skill that you want to do, uh, maybe doing some handstands, laying around, maybe climbing a tree, 
um, playing with your kids or whatnot, I think you're going to be in pretty damn good shape. And, And I'm throwing this out there because, like you just said, we do have these programs that are six days a week. We've got them that they're three days a week, but twice a, twice a week, hitting it hard, and then the rest of the time, just playing around and enjoying yep. life. To me, I mean, really, that is good enough. And I think the yeah. majority of people out there, you know, if you don't have that time, you know, 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there, and the rest of the time, don't even worry about it. Just do what you can during the rest of the week. I think we're going to be good. And yeah. I, I really, I really honestly believe that if we just look at things that way, keep it simple, and then later, if you do have the time to be able to add an extra workout in there, okay, add it in, shift it up so you're now doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But again, look at your lifestyle. Make your workout match your lifestyle and don't take your lifestyle and try to match it to a workout. So if you take one of our programs, it's a six-day program, and you're having trouble with it, then look at the three-day option that we have. And if that's even still difficult for you, then look at just doing it twice a week. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it, the thing is, is you have to fit it in. And, and it's not as much about are you doing enough, but it's are you making use of your opportunity. Yes. Right? So that's really the thing that we want to get across is using the opportunities you have rather than trying to compare yourself to other people and ask if you're doing enough. How much should I be doing Whatever, however much it is when you're making the most of the opportunities you have, that's how much you should be doing to take that and make it even more specific. You know, uh, people say, how many reps should I do in a set? Ryan's got the perfect answer for this. It's my mostest favoritist. Mostest favoritist. So all I want you to do is one repetition as beautifully as you can, then do another one. And that's it. And so that's it. as soon as your form starts to break down, you're done. You yeah. Might, you so that's how you know the set is over. That's, that's how you know the set is over. That's you do a perfect it. one. Then you do another perfect one. Then you do another perfect one. As soon as you do one that is not perfect anymore, you're done. that's great. Yep. Stop your set. Yep. And then you rest for a little bit. And then you do another set. You do a perfect one. Then you do another perfect one. Now, and then as soon as you do one that's not perfect anymore, Stop your set and rest. Well, how many sets should you do? This again yeah, is really exactly. it's really easy. As soon as you start your set and you can't even do one perfect one, stop doing sets. Yep. Yep. Right? Now, if you have several exercises you're doing, I might even be I might even say don't do that many, right? Yeah, and I agree. In most of our programs, we we start with three sets and we might work up to five sets. Because if if you're doing five or six exercises, uh, you're not going to be – and you get to the point where you can only do one perfect repetition, then the next exercise, you're going you're gonna to get zero sets right. because you're going to be so worn out that you cannot do any. So you do also have to know – you have to be aware of the rate of you know, how quickly you're getting fatigued into your set and you have to leave a little in the bank for your next exercises, right? But that's how much you should be doing. You should be doing one good one and then another and then another. Don't worry about how many total. It doesn't really even matter. No, it doesn't. But you just need to be doing as many perfect reps as you can without compromising form, without compromising the other things that you need to do. And that's something that 
you know, it seems like it's kind of hard to figure out, but it's not. It really isn't. If you practice doing this in your workouts, it doesn't matter what program you're doing. Whatever program you're doing by whatever coach, it doesn't matter. If you were to practice, begin practicing doing one perfect rep until you, until your form breaks, taking a rest and doing more. And you practice this over the course of maybe two, three weeks of workouts, you're going to find that you get the feel of it really quickly when you know when you know that your set is done, when you know that you're ready to go on to the next exercise. This is a process like we talk about so much about learning yourself, about knowing, learning your body and how it responds to things. You have to train yourself to do this. It's not automatic. And yeah, we have to write programs that say do this many sets because it gives you a starting point, right? But ultimately... As you practice over, you know, two months, over three months, over four months with one of our programs or anyone else's program, as you practice, you're going to know when your set is done and when it's time to move on to the next exercise. And if you're not, if you don't know, then it means you haven't been paying attention and you haven't been doing the best reps that you can. That's right. Now, just to say, if you, if you were ever to come and train with me, for those of you listening, you would have no idea how many reps you did, and you have no idea how many sets you did. But you would have And had, at our seminars people have no clue because we ask them usually after those sessions. I do and how many squats did you just do? All uh, of them. <laughs> <laughs> Every squat. Every squat. And that's the thing. Last week in a workshop I asked the same thing. We all yeah. did a bunch of, we did a timed thing of Frogger and Monkey and I asked them right afterwards, How many squats did you do? No idea. Does it matter? No. Of course, now you know the next seminar you do, some smart ass is going to listen to this and they're going to count from the very beginning and they're going to say, Ryan, we just did 74 squats. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, but again, in the scheme of things, it really doesn't matter. Um, Of course, then I'm sure the next question people will have is then how do we know when we're ready to move on? Well, When you know quickly, this is a whole other discussion. But quickly, since <laughs> I just mentioned it, you know you're ready to move on when the movement that you're performing is at such a high level that the ease and the quality is sustainable over duration of time, and mm-hmm. so you're able to just do it, and it's just fine. You know you yeah. need more, and then you try the next level and see that you can comfortably do it. That's when you're ready to move on doesn't mean that you've mastered the next level it just simply means that you're ready to work on it at a safe level mm-hmm. but you know moving on um it, it's not based on a number it's not based on a time to be honest and so every single person is different you've got to understand and this is what andy was hinting at earlier is that mindfulness is the most important thing in your practice do that one repetition as beautifully as you can and then try and repeat it Okay, so this has been a longer than average episode. I think it's been really good. We hit on a few different things here. We talked about measuring up to people. We talked about uh, trying to make the most of the opportunities you have if your time is limited or even if it's not. Uh, we talked about you know optimal amounts of of time uh, for different kinds of goals. You know when you should make lifestyle changes versus when you should just try to to get some momentum with what you've got. We also talked very specifically about how to know how many reps and sets you should do. I know that we did not give actual numbers. We did not give you guys the answer, but I think we gave you something that's probably more valuable uh, if you really put in the effort to learn it. So there's a lot of things, 
And I know we're always going to get questions about this. Uh, and if you do have any questions about how much to do in more specific situations, if you want more help figuring it out, send us an email. You know, we're not making this episode to shut everyone up. We're making this to let you know that, one, there isn't a definitive answer and you don't need to compare yourself. But two, that it's a learning process. And we are here to help you with the learning process. So don't hesitate to get in touch. So anyway, that's a lot of stuff we covered. Ryan, do you have anything else you want to add here? No, this is great. I just want to say always thanks, everybody, for listening. And like you yeah. said, uh, we'd love to get feedback from you. Again, we don't have all the answers. We just have the experiences that... that but we're we good have. at making it up as we're we go good along. At making shit up. <laughs> so... Uh, Again, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'd love to hear what you think. Well, thank you very much, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. For more great info, join us over at gmb.io, and be sure to check us out on iTunes and YouTube.